Mama is treating me to breakfast. Yep, let me see your phone. Huh? Look here. I download this McDonald's app because when you buy any bagel sandwich like the steak, egg, and cheese bagel, you get one free. Wait, you just bought that on my phone. That's right. Now that you got McDonald's money, you could treat Mama. <laughs> okay, Ma, you got it. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Valid through 10-222 at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. App download and registration required. Never has there been a better time to be alive in human history. If you're not feeling it, you must discover why. Join Matthew Bolton in developing and applying a framework of objective optimism toward a flourishing life of meaning, health, and happiness. Here's your host, Matthew Bolton. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mr. Brightside. I'm Matthew Bolton. Today's show is an interview with guest Scott Lee. Scott is the founder and CEO of Guru, which is an educational app you're going to learn all about. It's a fantastic product. It's uh, exciting uh, prospects and vision for the future that Scott has. And I'm really excited about it and really uh, behind it uh, after talking with him. Um, Scott himself, you'll learn uh, the way he thinks about education and entrepreneurship and how he wants to help people is uh, very inspiring and I just enjoyed the conversation so much. It was just such a pleasant, fun, easygoing conversation, yet a lot of strong insight. Uh, you'll also uh, be curious to hear uh, us talk about Korean military service and his experience in that, uh, the mandatory two-year period that Korean males have to serve uh, to the country. He was in the States and came back and fulfilled that. Um, and he'll, he'll tell you a bit about that and what it taught him. And I think it's a great uh, chance for people who are not familiar with that culture and uh, to, to learn about, uh, to get some insight into that as well. Um, if you're a student of mine watching this, pay attention to this guy because this is a great example of what it means to think outside of where you were born and the potential of the global world that's out there and the opportunities and uh, great things that are there for you if you take on the right perspective to look at the positives and make the most of any situation you're in and learn from it. Um, I won't go on too much because it's all in the interview. I just had a great time talking to Scott. I really appreciated him coming on and I hope you guys really enjoy this interview. It was a good one. Hi, everybody. Welcome now to our interview. I'm joined by Scott Lee. Uh, Guru founder and CEO Scott Lee is on a mission to reimagine education, unlock every student's potential, and promote lifelong learning for all. Born in Seoul, South Korea, Scott relocated to the United States with his family at the age of 16 without knowing a word of English. Not a word, Scott? Not a word? I think a few words. A few yeah, words, yeah. and I came uh, alone without my family. So it was wow. a little bit harder. Yeah. That's very exciting. And I'm going to ask you about that stuff. So gotcha. this is great. No worries. Through constant support from his parents and with the help of tutors and mentors, he worked hard and constantly challenged himself to succeed. As a Columbia University student majoring in operations research, engineering management systems, Scott was required to take a break from formal education to enlist in the South Korean Army, where he served as a sergeant and squad leader. Nearly two years removed from the college classroom setting, Scott returned to Columbia and immediately recognized that he needed tutoring support to get ahead in his classes. However, he found it difficult to find a quality tutor that could offer the individualized instruction he desired. Thus, the idea for Guru was born, a next-generation AI-powered tutoring and learning platform with a strong focus on personalization. While the Guru platform was materializing, Scott worked as a senior treasury analyst at J.P. Morgan's Chase's, uh, Chase's chief investment office, excuse me, Previously, he had founded PeerTutor, 
a nonprofit platform that connected underserved children with over 7,000 English tutor volunteers, and Mud Cafe, a niche online fashion retailer. Guru was ultimately established in 2015. Scott is heavily involved in philanthropy, including his work in Compassion International, where he personally sponsors six children from Indonesia, Ghana, Peru, the Philippines, and the Dominican Republic, so they have access to proper education and health care. Scott, together with Guru COO Phil Huang, also spearheaded Guru's partnership with Books for Africa, where one book is donated for every Guru session scheduled. Scott, thanks very much for coming on here. Of course, my pleasure. How do you have the time? I mean... You know, you're a busy man and have done a lot, and uh, it's, uh, it's very exciting. I'd love to talk to you a lot about it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great to be here. I think, you know, so many people uh, since the day one in the U.S. and day one at Guru, many people have supported me uh, to get to where we are. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to chat more about it today. Excellent. Well, I'll start off. I want to talk to you about Guru at, uh, to start off. Um, what is Guru, and what does it bring to the table that hasn't been done before? Yeah, so uh, we started as a Uber for tutors. So we have thousands of qualified tutors. And within a few clicks, you will be uh, with our matching algorithm. You will find the perfect fit, for, uh, uh, determining with learning styles, where you're located, and what kind of learning pace you, you have. We will find the right fit immediately so that you don't have to go through thousands of tutors and crack lists or many different um, different ways. So it's very efficient way for us to match with a perfect tutor. And after each tutoring session, we provide thorough feedback so that parents and students are aware what's going on. And we know more about each individual student's um, learning style so that we can personalize learning for them. All right. That sounds excellent. Thank you. And just, uh, can you describe your experience after returning to Columbia and how it led you to develop? Like, so you mentioned you had trouble finding a tutor, et cetera. Can you describe that? Yeah, of course. So, you know, I was born and raised in Korea. I came here when I was six, 16. In Korea, you know, tutoring centers are everywhere. Probably, Matt, you probably know Korean education system is very, very competitive. If you walk down the street, you will see tens of tutoring centers all over the city. Uh, and, you know, in U.S., I, I mean, I went to Columbia, so I was in, in New York City. I was so surprised that there were not that many learning centers or uh, tutoring centers that I can uh, reach out to. So, you know, when I, I was in the Army for two years. I was in mountain, didn't speak English at all. My you know, brain wasn't functioning as likely as I wanted to be. So when I come back to the school, you know, they're very, very competitive, you know, but I had a two years gap. So okay, I need a help with, you know, statistics, very high level statistics. And I really had a tough time finding a platform to, for me to find someone that I can trust. Uh, it was either Craigslist or tutoring center very far away who overcharged significantly. So I thought there was a huge opportunity and inefficiency uh, in the market. Right then. Uh, just a side one. How was the name developed? Guru? What's that? Uh... Yeah, you know, uh, it's like many other startups. When you, uh, when you start, you try to figure out what would be the good name. And, you know, we always vision Guru, the teachers to inspire, tutors to inspire, not just teaching how to do well in school or like quizzes or tests. We always wanted our gurus to inspire our students to dream big 
and really uh, become someone that they never even imagined uh, before they meet Guru. So it's Guru, G-U-R-U. It's like a mentor. And then we transition to Guru. Just to make it more fun sounding or something? Exactly. Yeah, man. Anyway, that's, uh, I love the sound of that. Um, Great. So you were working at JP Morgan as a senior treasury analyst. Uh, How does one build a a side hustle while doing, you know, responsible work at such a big company? How do you do all that? You know, I think I do believe that a try and error and make trying different things makes uh, help you know who you are. I think that's extremely important. And I did a few startups like nonprofit and uh, niche fashion retailer before JP Morgan. So I knew, you know, I have a passion in entrepreneurship and, you know, I'm, I'm, I love building something out of nothing but I never worked in a corporate. So I was like, you know, before I do something big, let's try this corporate job. And that's what, how I reach out to, I reach out to hundreds of people through LinkedIn and alumni. And, you know, there are a lot of net, networking actually reach in my senior year, which really helped me when I was doing fundraising. So that experience was extremely valuable, but I got a job in JP Morgan and immediately first, first uh, in the first month, I knew this is not what I'm looking for. And so I think it just, um, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of recent grads right now, they're really struggling to find a job because of COVID. But I think that, you know, even though it might not be a perfect, you think it's not a perfect job, you learn that what you're more passionate about by trying different things and fail. So I think that, you know, the corporate job very briefly was a year, but actually I found few angel investors through that network. So it was extremely valuable experience. And I learned that, you know, how big corporate works. And I know I learned about stock market. I learned about many structured products. So I do believe I learned significantly within a year about the five more, about the big picture, how the financial market works. And a lot of great people, mentors and great who became our, one of our engine investors, many of our engine investors from that network. So yeah, um, yeah that was a great experience. I really appreciate that story, Scott. I, I, I teach at uh, one of the university nearby here and, uh, and I tell my students all the time, like, just take a job. Like you get a job at some place, don't be sitting there thinking, oh, I want to work at this one and, you know, hang out for five years studying more. Get a job, get out there because you're going to get the experience in something. At least discover what you don't like or discover what, 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 what parts of it you like. Learn about how business works, how the world works. And as you said, make connections as well. There's all kinds of advantages. So I think a lot of people are waiting for their thing before they even take a job. I'm like, get, just take a job. Say yes, you don't have to stay there. I completely agree, Matt. I mean, that I, I'm a huge advocate of what you said. I think every experience matters and really reshape who you are, especially, you know, like a lot of American students, they don't go to, they don't go to the army. So it's not like they waste, not waste. Okay. Let me rephrase this. We're going to have to, yeah. We'll talk all about that in a bit. Got it. So yeah, I'm completely, I completely agree. Every experience matters. It's just all about your attitude your attitude. When you go there every day, you know, you, if you know, I think we're going to talk about humility too. just be humble. Every, every person you can learn from and every experience you can apply. So I think I agree. I completely agree with you, Matt. All right. I got it. Um, what does it take to run a startup in general then? So 
running a startup is a humbling experience. A lot of things that you thought you're good at, actually you're not. So, you know, I failed so many times. And I think it's a, what, what's important to think about is you grow with your own startup, you know, and you grow with your team. Um, I think that it's all about persistency mm-hmm. and it's all about resilience. And I think it's a matter of who you're as again, again, the positive attitude that you have to bring to the game because you will very likely, especially first startup, you will fail very, very likely. It's and almost so inevitable. Inevitable. It's a lot of pivoting, a lot of team building. It's, um, and also I think the most important thing is you have to ask yourself, are you our innate entrepreneur? Are you, are you a risk taker? Would you sleep well at night? If, because every day will be a struggle. Every day you will face a problem. Are you, are you willing to take that and enjoy that challenge every day? If not, then, you know, you might have to think about, you know, if it's a good, uh, it, it's a good idea to start a, to start a yeah. company, you know? So I think it's, uh, before you do that, I always say, you know, start small. It doesn't have to be a tech startup. Tech startup is extremely difficult because you are combining people from tech, designer, business. It's very, very different people. It's extremely hard to make synergy among them. So you can start small. You can even sell, you know, very basic things based on, you know, so it's a very low downside, but you can learn that if you are, um, you know, talented at starting a business. So yeah, that's a long answer, but yeah. No, we're, we're here for long answers. I want to hear you and he, pick your mind, man. We want to hear this stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think that I hear I hear a lot of that. Um, I think people think, yeah, that they, they it sounds like cool to be do something like that, or it sounds like that'll that'll make me seem uh, successful or something. But they don't really care about it. They don't. They don't. They're not necessarily talented. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. This is Sarah's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. Driving cross country with two young children is ambitious, to say the least. Then our check engine light came on. We pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts and they tested it. Turned out it was a faulty sensor. They referred us to a great mechanic just down the street and we were back on the road in no time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. For it, or they're not um, really uh, able to take on risk or have the resilience to do it. So I think people kind of have to ask themselves those questions because for some people it may be better to just be in a company, be a, be a good team member in a company. That's maybe the best life for you. You don't have to be the the leader in everything. So I com- I completely agree. You know what I learned the most in Colombia, it was Lean Launchpad class. It was a Columbia business class. I was very accidentally took it because uh, I was doing a lot of startup things. So I had to take many, many classes in my last semester, like eight classes to graduate. So I had to take that class during winter break. And that's actually one of the most impactful, like what impacted me the most. And the professor told me that if you want to make money, it's red, you rather just drive yellow cab than do a startup probability wise you will make more money driving yellow cab. So, and 
maybe I don't know how where he came that get that idea from, but you know that's how hard. Uh, if you are wanting to just make money, the risk is too high, you know. Yeah. So you you have to enjoy it because every moment will be a challenge. There's a key. You have to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I, now I did skip a little bit over the part. We I mean earlier we talked about you came over when you didn't know much at 16. Right. So how did you feel when you first moved to the States? Can you describe some of your experiences at 16 and what you thought without your parents, you said? Yeah, um, very, very fortunately, you know, my 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 I I mean, my parents sent me to U.S. when I was a kid, like when I was like seven for summer camp in Idaho. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So that was like a few times, like seventh, first grade, third grade, fourth, just just alone in Idaho. And because my first English teacher was there. So she just sent me and then home state without speaking English. So, but I had a very wonderful experience, like, you know, uh, playing soccer and having fun in Idaho. And I still contact my teacher. Uh, she's uh, Mrs. Buckendorf. She's my like American mom. She calls me Korean son all the time. But, Excellent. you know, I think I have a beautiful like image about, you know, America, my American friends. We, we still chat with a few of them. So my, I didn't have a fear to like, you know, make friends or I'm, I'm, I think I'm very adoptable. So I think I didn't, uh, thankfully I didn't have a fear coming in alone. Uh, and I had a beautiful, the, you know, I went to Avon Farm School. It's a, the school in Connecticut. It was a beautiful, it's a beautiful like community. It was all boys school. And, you know, surprisingly, you know, they're so welcoming that, you know, I became like the class president when I first, you know, the first, yeah, when I first arrived. And honestly, my friend's telling me like, oh, I I didn't know what you're talking, like, like it was eight people running for president. And I was like, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. You seem very nice and confident. So, So, yeah, it's like very nice people. And, you know, I was very, very lucky. And so, yeah, I'm very thankful for that. Excellent. I mean, you, you were born in uh, Seoul, right? Like, and yeah. Yeah. So Seoul is a big, crazy monster city. Like, I mean, and uh, going to Idaho must've just been when you're seven, the very first time must've been just places like this exist. Really? I mean, uh, it must've been, but, but yet you enjoyed yourself getting out and being, you know, living that kind of life. That's great. Awesome. Mush potatoes. I can't, I can't, I can't forget. It really does. Every dinner, almost mush potato, like this big comes in and I'm like, I loved it. I loved Those it. are my veggies when I was young, Scott. It was I never, <laughs> potatoes and corn. That's it. Exactly. Right? That, oh, man. Until I yeah. came to Korea. Korea really expanded. Yeah. Good stuff. You know, you know what you're talking about. Well, just, <laughs> just a side one for, for a little fun. Just, uh, you know, your name you're Scott, but that's not your name, right? What is your Korean name? Yongbok. 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 Yeah, so yep. so Yongbok. So like, yes. w- w- why did you get Scott? Because I this is a funny thing with me. I think a lot of people at home are like, why did these people change their names? Like so, and and where did you get Scott? Yeah, I mean, I got it when I was like three, so I didn't even have a chance to pick. I'm like Scott, you know? Okay, ah, oh, they call me Scott. Oh, I'm like, okay. I mean, so it's like similar to how I got my Korean name. My Korean name, I was born, and I was calling Yongbok. Like in America, they loved it. They called me like Yongbok. Like young oh, buck good. in the house. It's like <laughs> young buck. That's good. Yeah, they 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 just like let me rap. Like I was like, oh, I was so confused. So I was like, first year at US, like seniors, like telling me to, oh, 
yo, fuck rap for me. I'm like, oh, I practice rap. So, but it was, it, it, it was good uh, way to cl- be closer to, you know, the, my friends. So that was cool. Yeah, I'm just curious about that. It's a thing maybe of interest to listeners, just that a lot of Korean people I know, um, they, 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 they come to our classes and stuff and they think they have to have an English name. And I just go, why, why, do, you, why do you need an English name? They go, oh, because people can't pronounce it or something like that. It'll be hard for them. And I'm like, well, nobody can pronounce my name in Korea. I'm Matthew. Nobody can say TH. It's Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. I don't change my name to Chosu, right? Like I just say, I'm Matthew. And you can say it however you like. So people will call you, hey, Yongbok or something. Like they won't say it properly, but that's fine, right? So anyway, but, yeah, uh, fine, but, yeah. but yours was already given and all that. But I think a lot of people, like when they're already old, they never had an English name. They think as an adult, they have to go over and change it to something. And oh. I, I, you know what I'm talking about? Like my uni students never had an English name. And they go, well, if I go to somewhere, I'm going to have to pick a name. What do you think is a good name? And I'm like, just your name's good. It's your name. Yeah. yeah <clears throat> anyway, yeah. just something that comes up a lot. Excuse me. Um, back to Guru. How important to Guru is universally accessible education it seems like a big value to you yeah i think you know the covid uh millions of students like in in i mean 1.3 billion uh, learners are impacted by covid and the covid slide has been serious very very serious right now because of the access to access to the and they were not able to access to the quality education um, so Guru, you know, I think we started this program called, called Guru Life, which is a free life webinars taught by our top instructors. Uh, it's completely free. We wanted to make accessible. We wanted to provide those classes to students who won't, who won't be able to pay all, all the virtual tutoring, even though we made 25% discount for all the virtual tutoring uh, sessions because, you know, a lot of families are impacted by COVID. We are one of the very few companies who are, who are benefited from COVID, you know, because, you know, we now it's much, a lot of huge demand arises because of the COVID, you know, a tech company like us has been benefited. So, you know, we, we are socially responsible to really help as many students as possible. And that's why we launched Grow Live. It was hugely successful. A lot of different academic courses, but also like yoga, dancing, you know, there are a lot of cool uh, subjects that we've been able to do so. And even not, we were not stopping there. Uh, I mean, we will talk more about it, but we're launching Guru Courses, which is uh, Netflix of educational content. Uh, we were recording thousands of courses, like the interesting topic, as I mentioned, it can be chess, it can be like, you know, many, many different interesting courses so that even though students are stuck at home, a lot of them are really, really depressed and having a difficult time. And especially schools are very likely to eat hybrid or closed in, in upcoming months. So we wanted to provide uh, those amazing courses to them uh, and only for $9.99. And one, one membership, we will donate one membership to underserved children. And we wanted to donate to many, as many uh, membership as possible to struggling students all over the States and hopefully all over the world. So I think we are, you know, we, we take it very seriously and, you know, we really want to make education, quality education more accessible for all. Wow. Uh, though that sounds very, like a very uh, good program and, and, uh, and mission. 
So thank you. Uh, I don't know if this is the same thing or not, but uh, it, it, uh, about equity and diversity, how would you say Guru embodies equity and diversity? And what do you mean by those terms? Is that similar to universally accessible or? Yeah, so I think, you know, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, we, we started as Uber for tutors. So, you know, yeah. not upper middle class, those people can really afford tutoring. And now, you know, I think we wanted to be more accessible and more embrace more diversity by providing, you know, pre-recorded group courses um, to, so that we can help as in, and make a positive impact to um, millions of students. And I think that um, it's extremely, extremely important because COVID, I think there is a huge educational, like huge educational gap as well as economy gap. You know, I think that it, that's, a, that's a reality. And I think it's really making a lot of people frustrated. And we hear the pain, we hear the frustration from many, many parents and students we've been having relationship with. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why we started nonprofit side called Guru Gives Back. And, you know, I think we, but we want to make a big impact and we want to really help them um, as much as possible. And so we are very, very excited about this initiative. And I think this will be our core business from moving forward. Uh, excellent. Yeah, because I was kind of confused when, when it was the Netflix of education. I was curious about that idea because it did occur to me. It seems like more like an Uber, but, but that, which would, you know, nothing wrong with being an Uber, right? That would be a great if you could, if you could develop and become that. But um, I, I think this is a, I get it very clearly now. And what would awesome. you, yeah, what would you um, see Guru in five years? What do you hope for Guru? Um, I think there are many different ways we can really unlock students' potential. Um, I think, you know, not only pre-recorded videos, it can be VR and AR. Uh, it can be many different gamified ways. Um, but most importantly, because we have offices in China and Indonesia, you know, we look at the education in more global landscape. And from, you know, from one membership, our vision that students can learn from instructors, top instructors all over the world. So that it's not just learning knowledge, but also you can learn culture from them, learning different, you know, um, different perspectives, global perspectives of people. Because my talent can be much more appreciated in different places. And now the future of work will be remote. And so it doesn't really have to be limited to where you live. And so I want people, you know, a lot of underserved uh, children in their neighborhood, the biggest problem is they don't have mentors around them and they don't have access to those network. So if we can build a net global network with uh, having a access to quality education and instructors all over the world, it will really open the doors, a lot of doors for us, uh, doors for them. So I wanted to create that amazing opportunity and support them throughout, you know, throughout their learning journey. And I think not only, you know, um, limited to K-12 and university, we can definitely help a lot of students with a lot of um, up, like people with upskilling. You know, there are huge need in senior citizens because we work with a lot of senior centers. So we really wanted to help them for lifelong learning continuously. And I think that will be, uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's not, you know, of course, a big project, 
and it's gonna be um, again a lot of persistency and a lot of resilience but I think we have amazing team that we've been working together for over five years uh, we have amazing you know supporters um, who really are excited about our mission so I think I'm very confident that we can reach our goal well, I'm excited about your mission. I mean, that that's something that can help you with the persistence and resilience because it's something that you this is a good this is a good value. It's not just selling something that's maybe harmful to people in general, but you know, maybe people like, but it's not necessarily the best thing. This is something that you can get behind. Um, I I like a couple other things you're saying. I tell students sometimes that you, you don't have like they worried about what am I going to do in Korea? How can I get a job and all that. Like, the whole world's out there. You can go look where I live. Exactly. I don't live in Canada, right? I mean, you don't, I mean, this is where I can do my best. You have to find the place in the world where you can be the most valuable and live your best life, whatever that means, combination of that means. And now you've added a new element uh, uh, to it, which is now it's not even necessarily go there, but you can be remote, but still connect with that. So, I mean, I, I always get really excited about what the future is. I'm telling them like, it's all going to be, it's going to be awesome. Like, you shouldn't get more stress. You should be less because there are way more opportunities. As more people are able to connect, you can find, it's more likely you'll find something that's for you. So don't be scared of this uh, future. Get excited about it. Like life's going to be great. You're going to do exactly. better, more fun work. You're going to have more, more, more variety that you can choose from of type of work you can do in your future. It's looking good. I mean, you know, other things being equal. I hope uh, as long as we don't get, uh, you know, things don't get shut down and stuff. But uh, as long as people like you are free to, um, provide these opportunities and people are free to take advantage of them, I think there's no stopping us in the future. So I, I, I know, I'm generally optimistic, of course, but I'm telling <laughs> these, I, but it is about your attitude. I'm telling these students like, why, you know, it's going to be way better than the opportunities I've had. You're going to have way better ones. So, and I completely agree. I think <laughs> that's why, you know, speaking English is very important. I think a lot of Korean students, they're very good at grammar. I mean, it's a tendency of uh, Asian students because a lot of classroom setting is one-sided. There's no discussion. Uh, there's no exchanging ideas. It's very rigid. And I think that really drives, I mean, it doesn't really help with developing curiosity or communication skills. So, you know, I think Asian uh, countries really need to adopt uh, the ways for them to improve their communication skills, especially English. That has been issues for tens of years, tens of years. So, you know, I think it's a little bit of cultural thing, um, respecting older people. And, and I mean, which is, you know, there are pros and pros, but I think that, you know, especially, you know, because I know that huge problem, um, we will be focusing a lot on, you know, what's the exciting ways for them to do, you know, English, ESL, like speaking English. And that will be one of the core projects as well. Yeah, well, it's really close to me. I mean, I'm very much, my classes are very much about discussion. It's like, it's like, this is a conversation class. You can take another kind of class and those are valuable, but that's not what we're doing in this conversation class. It's about open your mouth, let's go, right? And, and exactly. ideas. And I'm sharing culture. I'm sharing, um, you know, I'm trying to challenge them to think about what they, you know, grow as a person. I think you said at the very beginning, something like that. We want to help them develop how did you put that? Do you remember, recall how you said at the beginning of this interview, something like we want the tutors, the guru to be not just a teacher of subjects, but yes. character or something uh, to that effect. Is that Inspire them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that's what, that's very, mm -hmm. go. Yeah, that's very important. Um, you know, I think, I mean, I don't want to bring up all again, Asian students or, you know, I don't want to stereotype them, but the problem is they always wanted to be too perfect. And I think, 
they're afraid of making mistakes. But actually, making mistakes is a way you to grow. You know, that's how you can really. You need to take risks to, you know, uh, fail. You fail quickly. That's a startup model for many, many startups. Facebook, very successful startup. They're like fail quickly. Silicon Valley mindset. Extremely important for, especially a lot of students, you know, Gen Z students. Because, you know, AI will advance so quickly that it will replace so many jobs. Whatever that human can do will be extremely important, especially in the future of education, including curiosity, empathy, a lot of EQ-related things. And so memorization, taking one good exam, will not be as, you know, impactful as in the future. So I think we, education, especially, we need to adopt for the future, because the future that will require for the future workforce to, um, you know, um, to you know, it's it will be necessity. It won't be optional. So I think it's very very important for them to uh, think ahead of the time, stopping rigid. You have to be adaptable, and we have to you know transition quickly. Okay, you know I. Maybe you'll be a little glad to hear that, that in my my classes, it's in the in the context of English speaking. It is all about trying to nurture that idea of don't be scared to make mistakes. You're gonna get a, wow. a score. You want to get a score in my class? You gotta you gotta go for it. You have to just vomit the thing I say to them. Just say it. Yeah. Whatever comes. And then it, I don't care. And then we're gonna work it out. We'll we'll sort it out. Um, and then as far as talking about their future and stuff, I do talk a lot about the soft skills that you're referring to mm. versus hard skills in the future. You need to be able to be able to communicate with people, be able to think and deal with people. Um, all those other things, the things you mentioned, because all the hard stuff, the AI is going to take care of it right now. Of course, exactly. there are some other tech, a lot of tech skills. If you can, can work with these things and develop these, these AI, um, software and, and, and whatnot, everything on the hardware as well, whatever, then that's obviously good too. Um, but but to, for, for most people who aren't going to be doing that, then uh, you need to be able to adapt and be resilient. Yeah. These are all soft skills you have to develop exactly. by getting out there and failing. And even if it's just yeah. in an English class. Yeah, your students are lucky to have you, man. I mean, <laughs> not many teachers are open-minded like you. And you're a perfect example. Look at you doing the podcast you know, with people all over the world. That's a perfect example, like how, you know, I believe that mentor or teacher need to show them an example. You can just tell them you have to show by action that, that, I mean, any leaders, you know, any entrepreneurs, any founders, that's extremely important because you cannot just put on the wall about the values and the vision of the, you know, the, uh, the company, the founder is, you know, uh, you have to show them. I think that's extremely important. And, and, it goes back to teachers and tutors. You need to show them, you know, if you want them to be, want them to open their mind, you need to open your heart first. You know, that's very important. I got it. Yeah, I try to tell them, I'm Ajashi. That's an older, you know, <laughs> man in Korea. I'm Ajashi, but I'm not done. Like, this is not my career now. It's like, oh, you, you, yeah. you studied and you went to school and then you got to, became a teacher and then went, I said, no, that's, I, I took it. I came to Korea to see what was going on because I didn't had nothing going on. So I took a year to see what was up. And then I discovered there were opportunities and then I'm here and now I'm not done. I'm trying to do something else. So now I want to talk to people and connect with people and see what's going on. Just try to try to expand my scope of life because I'm going to be working till I'm, till I'm dead. Right. So I'm not going to be sitting exactly. at Hanjin university teaching classes and, uh, and you know, students come to our home as well. If you don't know, we have my wife and I teach students in our home oh, as well. Wow. So younger ones, elementary and middle school as well. So 
No, I can't already. I mean, I haven't. I, I won't. I, I'm obviously we're we're in a different place, so I, I can't meet you. But I can feel your positive energy. I think you know that's so important. I think you know. I think uh, at the end, you need one person to really impact your life. You know, someone who has a growth mindset. Someone can see your potential. Someone really you know care about you. Who want you to think big. That's so important. So you know, I think a lot of students struggle. Like I ask myself too, where is my mentor? You know, where can I find that person? But you know, I think that of course you need to try. You know, different ways to meet them. But if you meet one, you really need to try to build a relationship for long term because that person can really change your life. All right, Scott. Great. I want to move on to something uh, in military service. Anyway, I find that's a fascinating topic. I think if you have if you have still some time, do you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I, I just think it's a fascinating topic for listeners because it's obviously a very foreign concept to people who are, are outside of Korea, right? This idea, and and um, you know, I try to communicate it sometimes to people at home, and not often. And also, I try to communicate with people in Korea to learn about it. So my students, I can learn a bit from them how they think about it. Older, some of my Ajishi friends and stuff who yeah. talk about their experiences, <laughs> I get it out of them. And but not, I don't get the full thing. And I just think I have a great opportunity to to, to have someone who's been exposed to American culture and Korean and your whole idea about it. So, for listeners anyway, can you explain what Korean military service is, its basic requirements, etc. First of all. Yeah, it's uh, if you're a healthy young man or I think older than certain age, I forgot the specific 18, age. 19, and then yeah. Yeah, there's a certain, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, usually they go after freshman year, sophomore year. I went to the Army after my sophomore year. Um, you know, it's now 20, 18 months. I think it, it's shortening down, but when I was there, it's a little less than two years. Um it's, I mean, it depends on where you are, like, assigned to. It's very, very different. It's from, you know, DMZ, which is right next to Korea, or from, you know, everywhere. So I cannot stereotype, you know, once, you know, so we, we, we make funny jokes, like, like, wherever you go, we say we, it's the hardest. Like, wherever, whatever you do. Um, yeah. That's true. But what I learned... Uh, in the army is that is actually true you you think that whatever you do it can be working at the cafeteria it can be really just you know protecting the center in china i'm mean, not china in the mountain like you know yeah. outside you always think that what you're doing is the hardest <laughs> we always make that I'll always make that like comment uh-huh. but at the end if you think back what that means is that it's all about the attitude because it's not just only for the army. It's actually people do that in their job too. So my dad never told me to study hard. He's a, he's an entrepreneur that I really respect uh, because he really ground up everything. My grandparents came from North Korea. He struggled a lot you know, living with six other siblings. And he always say, don't you always keep your head up, be positive. And think, don't think this is a hard, like, you know, don't think of this as a tough situation. And I think that mentality is extremely important because people will always complain. If you complain, start complaining, there's no end. 
But if you look at things as it's a learning opportunity, then this will be the learning opportunity. I think that's what I learned in the army. Uh, I'm like transitioning to learning, <laughs> learning yeah. lessons from the army. That's part of two, how I want to talk about it. Yeah. yeah two will be, I just thought about, uh, just came up to my mind is what I learned in the army is okay. Like what I thought that it's a big deal. Actually it is not. So after two years, you know, I look back some things that I thought it's very like, Oh man, I like, you know, have a headache about actually, if I look back, I don't even remember. And the things like drinking, having fun. I mean, I don't even remember the conversation I had at the time. So I realized, okay, really, it's really important to spend time meaningfully and, and don't worry about things that I will not even remember after two years. So I think that's the two. Uh, I mean, there are many things like camaraderie, of course, discipline making you it's a, like humble because you see so many people who are very talented and hardworking, but they just don't have family support. So they struggle a lot. I am very, very, I, what I learned is that I thought I really studied hard to, you know, get to where I, I'm just very, very fortunate. You have to appreciate and thankful for what you're given. So I think I learned a lot over two years and it was the toughest moment in my life like it was so cold that my nose was frozen um and it's like oh i was like doing the training and i thought i'm gonna am i gonna die i was that seriously like limit to um you know what you can do but it pushes you the limit and it really makes you humble and disciplined and I was really thankful because it really trained me to perform well in COVID because I was stuck there. I couldn't go home for a year, like years. I couldn't take shower for seven days because like the water was frozen. Yeah. You know, there was tons of like uncomfortable situation comes to you and really trained hard for like founding a startup or this kind of COVID situation. Yeah. No, yeah, so. COVID's nothing, right? Look at you. <laughs> I think, I think, I think you winning with your buddies, though. I hear some stories about their thing. That's <clears throat> you said everybody's is the worst, but I, I mean, that sounds pretty tough. Um, were you aware when you uh, that when you first went to America at sixteen? Well, you went when you were seven, but when you went to sixteen later, were you aware that this was a foreign concept in America? Or were you shocked that oh, you know, you, military service and that kind of thing? Like, did you? Were you aware that it wasn't quite um, normal in re- the rest of the world? Um, yeah. Like, like people mean, would think, you know, people would think, what, what, what do you do? What do you have to do? Like, do you, yeah, did, were yeah. you surprised that people thought that? Or do you go, no, of course you have to. Like, um, I mean, you know, I think it's, it's pretty, except like Korea, Singapore, Israel, it's pretty foreign concept. So, you know, um, I, quickly realize that they, how they think, but, you know, as a, as a, you know, um, I think it's my duty to serve. And as I mentioned, um, I'm so fortunate, you know, to come to even us to study and, you know, have this amazing opportunity to start a company. So I, 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 I promise myself that I have to, you know, don't avoid, but a lot of people do surprisingly. 
but yeah, I, yeah, I was gonna gonna ask you about that. What what made? Why did you decide to fulfill your service? Just because I mean, you were in the states and you realized, you know, I've got a talent for entrepreneurship. You could in, probably envision that you could be successful in the country. So maybe you could just not. So what made you complete your service? Um, at the time, you know, Korea is a small country, and we were invaded by Japan, China, many other countries, but our ancestors sacrifice their lives to protect if you think about it it's a miracle that korea exists because china is so big you know russia is too so big and korea is such a small country but we we survived and you know we were able to protect ourselves and they really sacrificed their lives to do so for me to avoid less than two years i think it was really not acceptable to me obviously when i got into the army i regret it i'm like oh what am i doing here but <laughs> honest that's like on my on, like i'm like packing my clothes like i'm like shaving all my hair it's yeah. like and they're yelling at me obviously i'm like oh did i make a right decision but at the time when i was going into the army i thought that was my obligation for the ancestor who sacrificed their lives i get it okay i mean and, and that's something, and, and I don't want to, I'm not here to like challenge the whole thing all the time, but, it, but just what I, how I look at it today, I've heard that before that people say, well, I never actually heard about the historical perspective and that I owe it to them. It's more about, oh, well, we have North Korea and we're, you know, there's a history of invasion in Korea, history of invasion and survival. And it's just a fat, it's, it's a fascinating history. Um, and it does influence the culture today for sure. How people feel about like the underdog type us versus the world type mentality. Um, but uh, but as far as like what happens today, I feel like sometimes it's, it's not even about going and preparing and getting ready for stuff. Sometimes you can do other things. Like if you win a medal, then you don't have to do it. Or you, you can, you just go in an office if you can't dig it. So what I feel like is why is not, why is going to Columbia and getting an education and building a business and doing that? Why is that not service to your country? I think that it'd be a lot better for students, right? Or for students, I say, but young people who at those years at 20, 22, why not continue developing yourself and developing things that you want to work on, get a job? Uh, I think that that constitutes greater service in, in my view. So, um, gotcha. you know what I mean? So, so I, so I still think you could have it in that kind of, I feel like that's my, you know, I'm not going to take advantage or waste this freedom that I've been given by my ancestors. I'm going to make the most of my life, but it is true already. <laughs> it was a couple of years when you were there, it's down to 18 months. So it's almost like, yeah. We're trying to say like, yeah, well, you know, it's, I think it's getting pushed the other way. So we'll see. Um, but I just feel like sometimes I see young people that are in my classroom and they're like looking ahead to their lives. And I feel like, what the, and my, my, my students do that after freshman year, they're like, yeah. oh, so I'll see you next semester. They go, oh no, uh, I'm going to the army. And I was like, oh, yeah. I see. Okay. And I go, well, and then I tell them, you know, I'll tell you what though, to get it back to the positive part. I do tell them the things that you said. I said, look, as long as you got to go do this thing, go make something out of it, go and take care of your health, read books, think, you know, make connections. Um, Just take, just develop yourself while you're there. Take the, make the most of what you can do. I still think they might do better if they have, can do other things, right? They could probably do more, but as long as you're there, make something out of it. You already mentioned humility. I guess I want to know more. What, What do you mean fully by the concept of humility and why is that important to you? Um, I think humility directly um, related, as I mentioned, a growth mindset. Uh, 
that you can learn from every person, even a kid. So I'm a, tr- a teacher, uh, like a third grader, fifth grader teacher in my church on Sundays. And I learned so much from the kids, even the kids, you know, they, they think very, very outside of the box, the comments they make, you know, what they, what they learn at school, how, what they do. Really, I learned so much from them. And I think that every situation, if you are open-minded and be humble, every situation and every person you meet, you know, everything you do, like even in the army, shoving in the, in the you know, shoving the ground and, you know, like pulling the like grass or whatever, every experience can be a uh, learning, like a, you can be a learning experience. Yep. So I think that, you know, it's uh, you the growth mindset is extremely important and you need to be humble um, to be do that. And I think in, if you want to be a founder, you, of course, the confidence is very important, obviously, because you think that you can change the, I mean, you know, if you're a tech, especially a tech founder, you think that you can change the world and make impact. But I think it's very, very important that you can be wrong. You can be wrong all the time. I think confidence and so at the same time you have to be extremely humble because you will be wrong more than hundreds of times when you're running startup because um, no one's perfect situation changes all the time and so i think the humility is extremely important especially if you want to go to long run in a short run if you can be lucky and then you it can spike and you can hit some home run, but if you want to be have a successful career or successful, you know, uh, entrepreneurship, you know, in the long run, I think humility is extremely important, um, and it it will help you to have people around you you can trust when you have ups and downs. Mm-hmm. I think it's extremely important for everyone. But when you're, I mean, you know, even though like when I look back, I was so not humble. I have to be very honest. I was so just, but as I mentioned, startup is a humbling experience. You make make so many mistakes and failures that you become, you become more humble. I need to be more humble. I always tell myself like you have to always be more humble, but I think it's uh, extremely important. Okay, so as so I understand it now. As much as you know, and obviously you you have successes and build successes, it gets you. It should lead you to be more confident about things. But at the end of the day, you should understand that you don't know everything. You know, even though you're doing very well, and you can even learn from kids, as you said, you can learn from anybody who you might view in a position that's you know of ignorance compared to you. But it's like no, you can learn something from everybody. And that's is that maybe more what you mean than just of course, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's why corporates they they fall behind. Kodak, you see that mm-hmm. they are once because a huge company, mm-hmm. and you know because they weren't humble, they weren't just they're comfortable where they are. They're making a lot of money, and then you know digital photograph comes and then it just swiped. So mm-hmm. in history, you learn a lot. This kind of patterns happen again and again, and humility. Obviously, if you're pushed for innovation, humility is extremely important because an intern's idea can be the best idea. At the end of the day, best idea matters. It's not about my idea. It's not about executive's ideas. It's about which best idea works. And it can be a high school grad. It doesn't matter. I mean, Instagram story came from an intern in Facebook. 
you know. Mm-hmm. So I think you uh, leadership has to be very humble. And and I, I mean, at the end of the day, especially for our company, education company, it's for our students and also parents to you know educate parents to know better about their ch- children. So I think we just always have to be humble uh, to make the best service for our students and parents. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got all that one. Great. Um, what is the Compassion International and how did you come to sponsor six children? So currently eight. But oh, okay, I've got, <laughs> yeah. I got the wrong bio. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I always wanted to sponsor. It's a Christian organization. Um, I always wanted to sponsor them because they are the, they helped Korea, the one of the most uh, one of the organization helped Korea a lot when after Korean War, and we are the first country who are giving back now after getting help from Compassion. Okay. So I think I sponsored the first kid when I got the first check from JP Morgan, and helped the student in Indonesia. Now we our Indonesian partnership has been flourishing. So that, I, I thought that was really, mm-hmm. I'm, I was very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that it's the most meaningful way um, to give back. Uh, I think $30, I mean, you know, in New York City, it's just a lunch or dinner. And for those money can really help students to provide Medicare and education. Um, I'm, you know, I'm so thankful for that. And I think that help that I, we got in after Korean War, because of those help, we are able to, um, you know, recover quickly. And, and a lot of people were struggling. A lot of people weren't able to even eat. So I think we cannot forget their help. Um, I think, you know, we need, always have to remember, and I think we always have to give back. And I think that's very important to me. Scott, uh, before um, I ask people where they can uh, find out more about you and I say a final word, um, I'd like to share with the audience the idea uh, to please share this interview. You've uh, heard Scott. This is a very inspiring example of someone who has faced a lot of, you know, going to a new country uh, when he's young and uh, just um, working to achieve a vision of his. Um, So if you know somebody who would be inspired by this interview or would otherwise enjoy it, uh, please share it with them. Uh, You can ask other questions. If you don't like, I, I, I missed a question you want to ask Scott. Uh, go ahead and ask him a question right in the comments section, or you can go to the Facebook page at Mr. Brightside, uh, facebook.com slash matthewbolton.ca. Uh, Scott, where should people go if they want to connect and learn more about you, Guru, or anything else that you care about? Yeah, of course. You can always reach out to me at scott at guru.com. I love, you know, it will be virtual coffee chat because of COVID. But, you know, I love meeting people for virtual, I mean, coffee chat. And, you know, if there's anything I can help you with, I'm happy to help. I'm here because so many people helped me throughout the journey. And so, yeah, feel free to send me an email. If you have any questions, I'm happy to chat with you. And I look forward to hearing from you. Excellent, Scott. Uh, So everybody else, uh, the life Scott has built was not handed to him. And we might all imagine how we felt moving to a foreign country when we're young and not a native speaker of the language like he was. I hope you've been inspired by his passion and drive to take action in your own life and to help shape the world in the image of your values. I'll see you guys next time. Yeah, no, I'm really thankful that, you know, you're inspiring so many Korean students. We need, like, 
you know, mentor, instruct teacher like you. So I'm really thankful that you're in Korea. Um, you know, I really admire what you do. And yeah, if, you know, let's, let's keep in touch, Matt. Yeah. And while I'm going to use you as an example, because you're an example of a Korean, who's, <laughs> think, you know, doing like, this is what you guys should look at guys. Like your life does not have to be, there's, I think a lot of them are stuck thinking that their life has to be a certain way. Mr. Brightside, your time out to refresh, refuel, and refocus your mind and energy toward building an optimistic framework for flourishing. Life is good. It's up to you to choose the bright side.